Welcome to the Leadership Exposé podcast. This podcast is for purpose-driven leaders at diverse levels and organizations around the world who are seeking to scale and transform their leadership to level up their business and to create an impact in the lives of people all around them. Business and boardroom topics, trends, innovation, transformation, and the intersection with leadership is the focus. We enable success. I'm your host, Stephen Paul. In this episode, I'm delighted to have James Harrison, a senior executive at Business Value Engineering. He is a former army officer with global experience of building and leading dispersed, multicultural, and multi-skilled teams. And James has worked globally in leadership roles within B2B and B2C environments across several sectors. James holds various other roles too, and today we'll hear about him, his journey, and the importance of identifying and recognizing value. James, welcome. How are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Wonderful. Really, really glad to have you here, James. James, just for the benefit of our listeners, where are you based? I know we're both in the UK, but where are you based? Uh, So I'm based just outside of Bracknell. Um, the uh, head office that I work out of in my my main role is based in Staines, but obviously I have a um, sort of international remit. Uh, but also I work for a, a local regional charity as well, which is also based in Bracknell and supports West Berkshire. So um, I have a couple of hats. Okay, wonderful. Well, keen to hear about you, James, and um, you know your personal and your professional journey, the intersection between that. So briefly, just just give us a, an overview about that. Okay, so um, you know, I'll, start off with my, I'll start off with my sort of military career because um, that's something that I strongly identify with as, as part of who I am and, and uh, you know, my history. Um, I joined the, the military um, having dropped out of university. I didn't like uh, university. I found um, the whole sort of rigor of um, structured education um, not for me. Um, I didn't like the the idea of people standing up in front of me and telling me um, all of the stuff that I needed to learn. I wanted to get my hands on it and, and do it. Um, so that led me to a military path. I attended Royal Military Academy Sandhurst. Uh, it was one of the few um, in my cohorts who actually commissioned without a degree, um, which is relatively uh, rare in, in that space. Um, went on to do my um, junior officers um, training in logistics um, before uh, being deployed to Germany. Uh, I spent some time in the Middle East and um, then various other appointments um, around the UK. Um, did that up until the end of 2008, um, so having joined in uh, 2001. Uh, so that was a, you know, a reasonable amount of time to form um, some ideas around leadership, obviously with the education at Sandhurst and then implementing that with uh, soldiers and uh, other ranks um, in various posts around the world. Um, having done that, I yeah, left and ended up working for one of my previous commanding officers in a niche um, security and logistics and um, you know, organization uh, in secure environments. So I worked at the Tormier Weapons Establishment. I worked inside the wire on the T5 program at Heathrow. Uh, before having an opportunity to go and work on the 2012 Olympics for a short period of time, um, so helping set up uh, some of the logistics around that. Uh, and then I was um, headhunted to go and work in business change for a technology company, uh, Logica, as they were now CGI, 
uh, where I spent um, several years learning how to do business change um, and basically implementing the the people side um, of change that I'd learned during my time in the military. Um, that sort of allowed my career to progress. I moved to Hewlett Packard. Um, Hewlett Packard then merged and with CSC to become DXC. I moved to a company called Virtual Clarity, who were one of DXC's subsidiaries. So that was my my previous role. Um, and most recently, I've jumped into a role at IFS, a software company, uh, looking after business value engineering across South and West Europe and Latin America. Amazing, James. Very diverse and, and, and an interesting journey as well. And several domains that you have delved into and brought in specialism and expertise so what's what's your main focus now are you bringing all of that together into um, an think, umbrella yeah, or are you using bits and pieces or what's your what's your focus now uh, i think you know you mentioned the value piece at, at the beginning um and i think that's where my focus has always been it's been around outcomes you know in the military you work as a team to drive an outcome um you know achieve the objective as set to you by you know your your commanders and and the leadership around you and you work in a team fashion to be able to achieve those outcomes um and the leadership part is about enabling and supporting those around you to drive those outcomes and make sure that they're fulfilled as individuals as well um and i think i've taken those skills and that experience into each of the roles that I've undertaken along the way. Um, so my role has very much been coaching and mentoring and supporting those around me. And gradually that's allowed me to move into more senior roles um, and to discover the value, the outcome that an organization or a business unit is seeking um, and then align the composite parts that are required to drive those outcomes. Um, so you know, what I do now with the business value engineering is very much about discovering and defining value as a result of transformational change through IT implementations um, and technology upgrades. Um, but actually, that's an enabling factor to a business outcome. The business is seeking to invest into IT because it's looking to decrease its costs, to increase its revenues, to remove risk from its business. Um, and if you can identify the component parts that drive that, then obviously you can have the right types of conversations in an organization to drive the behaviors, to drive the adoption, to support um, everybody at all levels through leadership in actually achieving those outcomes. And it comes back to that team mentality. Everybody's working towards that single goal. So I think that's that's kind of where my path has led me, hence the, the sort of jump from role to role, because ultimately anybody that ever hires anyone is seeking to hire someone to drive an outcome. Mm -hmm. um, and I've always been focused on those outcomes on behalf of the, the wider organization. Yeah, it's, <clears throat> out, I'm a, you know, I'm a strong advocate of outcomes-based um you know approaches and they work very well when it's implemented and described across the organization so do you do you find that you know the drive towards building outcomes or you know making sure that we get the right outcomes is set from the top or um is it from i think the, the setting from the top is is key absolutely you know there needs to be a clear vision 
but a clear vision is no use if you cannot communicate that down into an understanding at each layer within the organization. And the military has a great um, view of you have to understand the intent of one up and two up. And what do I mean by that? Well, one up is your boss and two up is your boss's boss, i.e. what are they trying to achieve at their level? Um, and if you can understand how that works, you can work out how your part plays in that overall story, because that strategic vision as set out at the top of the organization doesn't articulate how the component parts of an organization contributes to that outcome. It gives you the destination, but not the, the method of the journey. Um, and different parts of the business will take a different path to reach that outcome. They're all contributors, they're all enablers of that outcome, um, but it needs to be communicated in a way that's understood clearly at each level of the organization and the part that you play within it. Um, and that's where I've come in with the, the business value engineering and you know, I suppose with my sort of leadership approach is to help articulate that vision um, in a way that it can be understood at each level of the organization um, and provides a view of not only the organizational outcome, but the outcome to the individual, because we're all motivated for ourselves as much as we are for the organizations we work. So yeah. what's, what's in it for me is a critical question that needs to be answered if you're to make a vision at the strategic level actually happen at the operational or tactical level within an organization or any other entity. Yeah, this this is such an important aspect because as you were describing it, this is this is what most of the the organizations face as a challenge. There is a message, let's call it a message or an outcome that is set, but the delivery of it, the execution of it, done in different parts of the organization by different teams, but not done in a proper way because there's lack of alignment as well. So I'm keen to hear, do you have any stories or experiences that you can share that uh, that you have actually I can. Yes. Had a, I, I won't, I won't, I won't yeah. release any any confidentialities, um, but I'd, I have worked, I worked with an organization in the past um, in exactly that manner where you know, there was a very clear vision of the, the transformational change that was to be um, delivered. Um, the challenge was that um, you know, that vision had not been communicated in a way that was understood uh, through those layers of the organization as to how they were to contribute to it. And to your point, the objectives of those um, business units and, and areas within the business were actually at odds with the overall vision because the individuals themselves, those um, you know, heads of those departments were actually rewarded and uh, reported on and, and you know, managed and measured against um, objectives that didn't align to the vision. Um, so, you know, there was no impetus for them and no, no desire uh, at a personal level to undertake that change. Um, so this, this organization had um, about 50 different business units uh, within the group, and each of them were individual profit and loss centers. So the MDs of these business units had their own P&Ls and were obviously looking at making sure those were managed to be able to meet the metrics against which they were personally rewarded and measured on. Um, now, the overall transformation meant that about 30% of those organizations would see a detrimental impact to their overall P&L. 
because their, their costs would exponentially increase for those areas of the business. But the net rewards to the overall organization was a significant cost reduction um, across the rest of the business. Um, now, at a group level, that obviously makes absolute sense and the vision was, was very clear. The problem was that at the business unit level for those individuals, there was no reason and for them personally to undertake that change. And consequently, they resisted at every step of the way to be able to um, undertake that change, um, which meant there was a massive delay in that overall transformation and the costs of transformation exponentially increased. Um, I spent weeks working with those MDs and with the human resources departments at a group level to help them re-articulate the measures that those individuals were then going to be measured and rewarded against so that their objectives shifted to align with the overall corporate vision mm -hmm. um, and that was very much about engagement um, and understanding and making sure again how does your part play in that strategic vision um, and if it doesn't currently align because you're currently being pushed in a different direction, what did we need to do to shift that to get you back onto the path that aligned to contribute as a team to the overall outcome that was sought? Yeah. So you, in essence, basically, you brought that business value engineering to life by intersecting, you know, the leadership, the team and the the the, the strategic objectives that the company was actually looking to to build and and that, that's such an important aspect because all of that brings alignment right across the entire ecosystem of the organization that's what most of the companies actually face as a challenge it, so, it is it, yeah it's a it's a critical challenge i think you know what happens and you know i've seen it and i have to reflect personally on it as well as i've climbed further up the the organization in terms of seniority you have to remember to reflect on the people beneath you and the people beneath those individuals in terms of their motivations and their drivers, uh, both at a personal level, but also at the professional level. Um, and by professional, I mean both the ones that you are directing as a part of the organization, but also in terms of the direction of travel that they wish to go as a path in their career path as well. Mm. Um, you know, people will not move in the direction of travel that you wish them to unless there is a cause. Um, and that cause needs to motivate both personally and professionally. Mm. Um, and being able to communicate that and recognizing that when you look at vision and strategy and the value outcomes that you're seeking uh, makes it a lot easier to actually make those changes occur. Um, if you just point in a direction and say, everybody head that way, everybody's going to stand there and go, well, why? Yeah. Um, and you've got to be clear on on the why, um, not just for the organization, but for the individual, you know, the what's in it for me. Yeah. James, you know, we are, you know, going through economics, shocks and recessions, and, you know, we're coming out of pandemic and we're going back into a version of pandemic as well, or we're within that. Any experiences or challenges in the business world that you're seeing as a result of that and how you're actually navigating to, through that or what, what your clients are actually seeing? I think there is a, a, a definite uptake in understanding the business case for investment. Um, that return on investment is going to you know, continue to become critical. 
um, you know, understanding how if I invest in transformation within my organization, that drives value for my business is going to become even more critical as we move um, further into the economic challenges that we're envisioning into next year and beyond. Um, and, and taking that on board and actually spending the time up front to invest is going to be the critical piece. And I think there are two pieces. There's a, a hesitancy to invest because people are saying, well, actually, I will hold off on investment and just stay where I am, the status quo. Mm -hmm. um, and there's also then the hesitancy to spend the time building that business case appropriately mm -hmm. because it's time and effort against something that potentially may prove not to drive the value that you want. But that's the intent of a business case. It's not a business case shouldn't be written to justify a transformation. It should be written to understand the value that something brings and to help you quantify if that value is realistic and worthwhile undertaking. Mm -hmm. um, so spending that time up front, examining the business case behind an investment and not just trying to turn it into a, pop, a pet project um, and you know, justifying the investment. It should be used to say, the investment is, is justified, absolutely, but it should also be used to prove if the investment is not justified and mm -hmm. to say, actually, no, investing in this is not a good idea because it's not going to drive the value. So you have to be honest. Yeah. Um, and I think organizations will need to continue to reflect honestly about undertaking that business value engineering, that that discovery, define and discover the value within you know, any investment and transformation program that they want to take. Um, and recognize that if it's not worth doing, then that's not a wrong answer. It yeah. just stops you having made a poor decision. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and that's the key. It's not to, to make a poor decision by over-justifying something because you think it's a great idea. It's, it's being honest to yourself as an organization saying, this transformation will add value to my business. And yeah. I can see exactly where that's going to occur. Yeah, you know, James, as you were describing that, I was also thinking there's there's one other factor as well. You know, the the business case and the you know the, the strength of the 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 business case is very, very important, how how it's written and the actual um you know content. The other aspect is also the 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 mindset of the leaders to actually take that that piece of paper and make that happen um i was actually in a in a in a meeting in a board meeting about three weeks ago and um there was a business case that was put forward for the first time by the executive committee as an introduction to the board and this the ceo presented that to the board and um and i was part of the board and basically the highlights of it was just amazing but there was a lot of resistance from the board members as to the number of information that was required the you know the metrics the and and these were all valid points but i also noted how the ceo came across as a very progressive minded communicator and described all the things that were not on the paper in terms of the benefits. So everything that you were just describing, he basically articulated and, and influenced in the best possible way, 
to make that first meeting of an introduction to that business case a positive one as opposed to well you've got a business case here asking for 250 million pounds um that's a huge number <laughs> you know but, but my point here is there is also a, I, I believe an other element of a progressive minded leader who can bring that story uh to to in front of other people and in front of other leaders to actually influence that change or influence that business case would you would you find that i, I think that's absolutely yeah. true um you know i think that the the business case you know in some people's minds is just about the numbers it's mm. you know if i invest 250 million i want to see a return on my investment over five years um i want to see this net present value i want to see this irr um you know, I need my return on investment within two and a half years, et cetera. Um, that's, that's great. You know, great numbers. If you're a CFO, that's absolutely something that you're, you're going to be worrying about. But to your point, the board is not just made up of CFOs. Yeah. Um, you know, the individuals in the room all have their own experiences, their own backgrounds, their own knowledges, um, you know, and they have their own trust and distrust of the business case. They'll have seen business cases that have been written in the past purely mm. to justify someone's pet project. Mm. And they'll know that that's been the case because it never delivered the value and the outcome that was sought. Yeah. Um, and you know, if you focus therefore on a set of numbers that you, you know, the, the, the audience have not had any involvement in, have not been um, engaged in, in understanding and discovering, you end up with a level of mistrust that actually those numbers are, have just been inflated to justify this going across the line. Um, but actually, there are the wider benefits of the transformation that need to be communicated that align to the strategic objectives of the organization. You know, yeah. that customer satisfaction or customer experience, the agility that the, the platform or the investment will bring to align with the ability to absorb um, other organizations as part of a growth and, and merger and acquisition strategy, um, the ability to um, you know, take technology into another market um, or in, you know, interfere in another sector and disrupt your competition. Those sort of things will not necessarily line up with a dollar value in terms of, you know, I've spent 250 million on my you know, revenues for the next five years are going to go up by 25%. Yeah. Um, they're going to contribute to those revenues going up by 25%, yeah. but actually they are the enabling capabilities that your board members and people will be interested in hearing about. Um, and so having that capability as the, the CEO or, you know, that individual pushing that board, the actual business case, um, and being able to articulate that vision, um, you know, understand the drivers of the individuals in the room uh, and the buttons to press that will um, you know, resonate with them with regards to the story mm. um, is equally as important as actually the detail um, behind the actual financial case, mm. um, because there are so many benefits over and above you know, a financial case that are important when you undertake any kind of business transformation. Yeah, absolutely. James, you know, we, we are going through you know, fast pace of change, transformation, society is moving very quickly on different aspects. Are there any important topics or trends other than things that you've just mentioned that's on your mind these days that you feel impact boards, businesses, leaders, 
that they need to focus on? Is there anything else that it comes to your mind? Um, I think you know it, it always comes back to people. Mm. I think people are the the number one feature within an organization that drive value. Um, everything else is an enabler. The technology systems that you invest in are enablers of, of value. Um, your organizational structure, um, again, is an enabler, but the people that sit within that organizational structure are the, are the critical piece. Um, and I think as we move into you know, a, a recession or you know, economic downturn um, and the challenges that we're envisioning over the, the, the next sort of 12, 24 months or beyond, you know, remembering to invest in people, I think, is going to be a key differentiator for organizations um, and not to see them as um, a cost line um, and a series of ones and zeros you know, on a spreadsheet. Because ultimately, you know, if you can improve the efficiency of those individuals and you can ensure that they are driving the maximum you know, benefit and output for your organization, then they're going to be that return on investment that you want. And you're going to keep that knowledge. You're going to be able to keep that experience and that ability to drive your services and products, et cetera, to your customers. Um, you're not going to incur the costs of having to re-recruit in, in a couple of years' time because you've got rid of a whole load of your headcount. Actually, keeping those people internally and you know building and investing on them is going to be more important than the reverse of, of releasing them. Um, there, are, there are always ways to transform efficiency um, for, for people. And I think, you know, that's, that's an area for me that I think that organizations really should be focusing on as we move forward is, is to do everything they can in their power to maintain that talent and that experience that they've spent the last, you know, however many years and months building up in their organizations. These people know their business, they know their customers, they know their products and their services. Losing that knowledge, uh, you know, is got to be a, a negative thing for an organization um you, you you can't automate understanding of your customers yeah. um and and customer understanding driving value for your customers is going to maintain loyalty it's going to maintain revenues um, and it's going to maintain your profits um, and to be able to do that you've got to have the people in your organization um, yeah. so you know the right people the right skills and the right level of investment is going to pay dividends as we move forward i'm sure i completely agree with you james on that one <laughs> Um, so James, tell us a little bit more about you. What does the day in the life of James look like these days, morning to evening? Um, well, it, it's it's a combination. You know, I'll, I'll use a day where I'm I'm also involved in my my charity piece because that's another passion of mine on the side. Um, but um, you know, with regards to my role as as business value engineering, um, I spend a lot of my time coaching and supporting um, sales teams. Um, around the opportunities that they're engaging with customers on. Um, so looking at the end-to-end -end value story and engagement. Um, so not just that define and discover, which is a key part, but actually how is value expressed and engaged all the way through the life cycle of the sales cycle and beyond. Um, so you're not selling something that isn't then realized as a result of the, the, the contract. It's built right through. Um, into that realization within the customer organization. Um, but, you know, coaching them around, you know, how to engage effectively as part of the sales negotiations around the price. You know, ultimately, people spend money based on value and value is a perception of the outcome that will come as a result of investing that money. And that's 
that's the value piece. That's, you know, if I spend, you know, 200,000 pounds on a piece of software, will I get my return? Is it going to bring the value to my organization? Um, now you feel it's expensive if you don't feel you're going to get the value that you expect from that investment. Um, so I spend a lot of time coaching um, sales folk on articulating that value and making sure that those points, the, the outcomes um, that that software will enable are clearly understood, clearly articulated and able to be measured um, as part of the sales engagement. Um, I also spend um, time coaching others, you know, in terms of their leadership and, and engaging in that space. Um, but, um, you know, of late, I've spent a lot of time doing sort of win and loss analysis against sales over the year. Uh, so helping them, you know, understand, you know, what did we do wrong um, within that loss? Were we engaging at the correct level in the organization? Did we have the correct level of understanding of our customers, et cetera? Uh, but likewise, you know, where we've done something right within a win, do we, you know, capitalize on that again? Are we leveraging that to make sure that we can take that learning and experience across the organization? Um, outside of that, with regards to the... Um, charity piece that I, I work on. Obviously, that's not an everyday activity, uh, but I do have regular conversations with the CEO of the charity. So I sit as the, the chair of the board for the charity. Um, and I spend a lot of time, again, coaching him on, on leadership um, and supporting him in the operation of the organization, um, answering you know, sort of challenging questions, et cetera. Um, but most importantly, making sure that the articulation of the vision um, as the board has set out, is is clearly understood um, and is uh, aligned to in the activities and undertakings of the, the charity. Um, so we have regular catch-ups on, on the direction of travel. Um, and it's a two-way street. It's not just a, a set of vision now go. Um, the vision adjusts based on the dynamic of the organization. Um, as you can imagine, you know, charities are struggling for funding, et cetera. Services are becoming, you know, increasingly in demand, depending on what they are. Um, but again, that market changes and it changes quite rapidly and dynamically um, because of the way that society shifts and changes. Um, so, you know, we're regularly having conversations to ensure that the vision as we set out is still current. It's still apt for the organization and for the society that we're supporting um, and then is the path that we're taking as an organization still aligning to that um, and sometimes one has to overtake the other um, and we then have to readjust that vision or you know the services that we're providing um, so we, we have a lot of those sort of conversations and, and try to steer the organization forwards um, and we've been very successful as a small charity uh, when I took over as the chair um, about five years ago now we were turning over just over two hundred thousand uh, pounds a year. Uh, we're now just under a million. Um, so you know, an exponential growth in that time in a sector which is you know especially challenging, um, but is becoming increasingly in demand as we see the strain on public uh, funding and you know local government. Amazing, James. Any uh, any closing messages? We're coming to a close. Any closing messages or a challenge to other leaders that you want to uh, to share here? I think the, the the number one thing for me is the the message of servant leadership. Um, I think you know that that applies to the value piece, it applies to the mentoring and coaching piece, um, and to an outlook with regards to your position as a leader in an organisation. 
Um, it's not a matter of hierarchy and power. It's a matter of enabling and supporting others around you to be successful, to drive those outcomes, to create the value that the organization is seeking. Um, and in terms of that, it means that you can better enable value yourself. You become a more valuable leader if you are enabling others to be more effective in their roles. Um, and I think that servant leadership philosophy, therefore, um, absolutely applies to that. So it's one that the military use, and I've tried to apply it ever since I've been you know, in the commercial world. You know, if I can make everybody else much better at the jobs that they're doing, then I'm doing a good job in my role. Um, and I think that, you know, other leaders can, can take the same approach and therefore improve you know, where they stand within their organizations and the effectiveness that they bring as leaders and, and managers to the people that they support. Words of wisdom from James. Thank you very much, James, for sharing your insights and making the time here today. Thank you. Thank you very much again for having me on your podcast. Excellent. Thank you. Have a uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to everybody that listens. <laughs> absolutely and you too james okay folks thanks very much for listening in uh, stay tuned for our next episode on a leader who's making changes in the esg space and what that means uh, for the small medium um, business sector stay tuned hey i hope you enjoy the podcast don't forget to subscribe to the channel you're now seeing this part of the video also because you consume some of my content, insights and teachings. Maybe you've been to my LinkedIn page or website or seen other social media ads or listened to my podcast. I'm Stephen Paul, a business and transformational executive coach, strategic advisor, leader and board member. I've been in diverse roles, corporate executive, entrepreneur and worked with businesses and firms of all sizes, built and launched businesses created high impact boards and so forth in four continents. I get it. I've been there, done that. But what is different is I bring a unique perspective and a playbook. I've helped 100 plus business leaders just like you to scale and align their leadership top teams, the board and overall business for growth. Leaders like Ivana from medium sized company in the EU who grew 150% and expanded globally in under five months. After she started to work with me over facilitated sessions in an initial three days, I helped fine tune their strategy and align their leadership team and board to be a cohesive driving force to achieve their dreams and outcomes. I want to teach you the same thing and more on how to scale and align your leadership team and board so you can increase your business growth and value. Get clarity on what is the next right strategy for you. There are multiple ways we can work with you. Number one, click the link for a free non-obligatory 60-minute initial strategic session. Let's get a feel for your dreams, your vision, your challenges, and let me convert that into a route map for you where we can co-develop and co-pilot. Number two, enroll in an innovative and intuitive digital online course that I have curated, created to help you transform. It's called Unshakable Resilience. It is the ultimate program for individuals and business leaders like you who want to be equipped at a personal and professional level to respond to any form of challenges or in crisis situations and take on opportunities with grit, resilience, 
and build a mindset of success. In essence, you want to be unshakable, thrive in crisis, take on opportunities in the face of adversity and build a success mindset. So click the link below to learn more on how I can personally help you individually and your firm to scale and align your leadership team and business and pivot in a transformational way. And for you to experience this, whatever the challenge you're facing, get in touch with me. Let's discuss and I will share my insight rapidly to enable your transformation. Click the links below.